He's mighty. He's mighty. He's awesome. Come on and lift your voice and testify. Awesome. Come on and say, He's holy. 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 Come on and lift your voice and say, Awesome. Come on and say, He's great. He's great. He's great. He's great. Come on and say. Come on and say. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. He can move mountains. Hide me in the valley. Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome. 
days when I've been weeping, praise His holy name. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we just want to thank you for the gift of life. We want to thank you, Almighty God, for what we have in Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God, for everything that you have done for us, everything that you are doing in us. Thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of life. Thank you that today is a great day. Today is a wonderful day. Thank you for the beginning of a new month. Thank you, Almighty God, for the power of the Holy Ghost that's at work in us. May this day, Father, in the name of Jesus, be a day of joy, be a day of peace, be a day of the manifestation of the goodness and the kindness and the blessing of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare this day blessed in every ramification. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Almighty God. May your name be praised, your people be edified, and your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Thank you, Almighty God. May your words come out this morning, O oh God, powerfully, beautifully, in simplicity. In Jesus' name, we pray. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Well, before I start this, today's message, I just want to first of all thank those of, of you who donated to the uh, the winter fund appeal that we used to buy blankets uh, for people in the community. Uh, some of you know we partnered with uh, the Winners Chapel and we were able to buy a bunch of blankets for people uh, that didn't have blankets to wear, uh, to blanket to cover them during the cold season. Now that fund has closed now. It was meant to close on the 14th of January. And I want to say we had a phone drive target of 500 pounds. We were able to raise 500 uh, over 500 pounds. I think we did about 585 pounds. You know, so I just want to thank you very much. Um, we will have um, the uh, an announcement data in the church to just show you towards the end of the service um, the impact that your funding gave. You know, um, so I think actually. I'll get you guys to run that now, run the, the impact of that funding. Then I'll come back and start the message. Okay. The other thing I want to say, talk about quickly is that um, coming, coming Wednesday on the 8th of February, uh, we're going to be running our first metamorphosis session for the year. My very good friend, Patrick Igono will be ministering is going to be taking questions it's going to be on the hot seat as it were so there are some questions that we've we've collated that we're going to be asking him to answer for us so please let your friends know that metamorpho for next week for next wednesday is going to be hot you know so i'm looking forward to that all right so i'm going to stop now allow the team to come back and play some uh, the the impact of your contribution into the homeless people in our community and how your contribution has helped them. So please sit back and relax and, and, and listen to what they have to say. Then I'm going to come back and share the message that God has placed in my heart. God bless you. A special thank you goes out to everyone that contributed to the Lighthouse Winter Donation Drive. Our goal was £500, but through your generosity, we were able to raise £585. We purchased and distributed duvets to the homeless in the following communities. The northwest towards central London axis, the elderly via One Vision in Watford, the church community via the Ark Community Church St Albans, the substance abuse prevention charity in Watford, the neighboring community via Winners Chapel Kingsbury. This was an exciting project and the Holy Spirit himself put people in place to receive the duvet. The homeless were ministered to and hope was restored for many. This was an exciting experience for our church and for that we are grateful to everyone that answered the call. May God bless you. Alright, I hope that was um, impactful and it just shows the how far your money is going to touch lives. Today, I'm going to be talking about the power of uh, the personal vision, the power of a personal vision. Now, remember that this year, the Lord's leading our heart that this is the year of stability and prosperity. Now, I'm going to be banging the drum of that statement over and over and over so that every time you come to church, you are going to hear me say it, the year of stability and prosperity. And why am I doing that? It's so that your heart can believe it, your heart can expect it, 
and that you can experience this in your life. Now, God gave us a text in Psalm 16, verses 1 to 2 and verses 5 to 11. I'm going to use verses 5. Verse 5 is actually the key one. It says, Lord, you give me stability and prosperity. You make my future secure. Lord, you give me stability and prosperity. You make my life secure. So, is the Lord's desire to give you stability and prosperity in every area of your life. That's what God wanted to achieve this year for you. And I believe God that this is going to happen for every one of you in the name of Jesus. Now, there was a text that God showed me in Joshua chapter 1 verses 5 to 6. God says to Joshua, this Joshua was the one that took over from, um, from Moses as the leader of Israel. And God told Joshua and said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. It says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. That's what God says. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then, then God said in verse 6, he said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Why? Why do you need to be strong and courageous? Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I saw to their ancestors to give them. So God says to Joshua, in, on the back of my revelation, on the back of my declaration over your life, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to be strong and to be courageous. All right. Okay. So now God then gave Joshua a secret that I believe is what I call the success, the, the success secrets of Joshua, which every believer can use. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate day and day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. God says to Joshua, in order for you to lead these people to the land that I've declared to give them. Now, remember, God made a decision to give them the land. And God then gave Joshua uh, an assignment. God says, you are the leader that will lead these people to the land that they are meant to possess. The land that I promised to give to them. You know, I promised this land to their fathers. And I'm ready to give them this land. You are going to be the one that will lead them to this land. But there's something you need to do. You need to be strong and courageous. So, God then told Joshua, there is a tool that you need to use to be able to lead them to this land. And the tool is to meditate on the word of God day and night, to speak it out of your mouth all the time, and to do according to the word of the Lord. I said, this book of the law shall not depart of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then you will be prosperous. Then you are going to have good success. So throughout this year, I'm going to be underpinning our as our strategies and the way we approach life because it's a year of prosperity and stability. On these three action action point action plan or three point action plans, I call them. So I call it the Lighthouse Success Blueprint, which is the ISA method. The ISA method says: Imagine the future you desire through constant meditation. Number two, S stands for speak from the future you seek as a present day reality. And number three, act decisively towards the future that you desire. So I'm going to run through that again. The ISA method is this. I stand for imagine the future that you desire through what? Constant meditation, which means allow your heart to paint new pictures in your heart based on the future, not based on the reality of what you experience. Number two, speak from that future. Since you have gone to that future, you have seen that future, you have experienced that future in your mind. Now, speak out of your mouth from that future as if that future has already happened. Okay? Number three, now begin to act towards that future that you desire. So, God says to Joshua, no one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So, Based on this text, we I deduce three things. Number one, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That God says, you are going to lead these people, okay? But how can he lead? God says, I will be with you. So, there's the leadership of the Holy Spirit that will lead him. Then he will lead himself. That is the leadership of self. And then he will be able to lead other people. He will be able to lead these people 
to the land. So in this Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, I call out three levels of leadership. The, the, leadership, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the leadership of self, and the leadership of others. And I said to you in previous messages that you need to allow God to lead you so that you can lead your life. Then you can lead other people. Allow God to lead you so that you can lead your life, so that you can lead other people. So we have covered in January the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We use the text Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Holy Spirit or by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We have covered that the Holy Spirit leads us through the inward witness, based on the word of God, based on the peace in our heart and through the spirit of sonship. That the spirit that God gave us is a spirit that declares to us that we have been fully accepted before God. So today I'm going to be talking about the power of personal vision. So this is a new series that I'm starting today and it's called the self-leadership series, which means ability to lead yourself. God has led you, now you want to lead yourself. And a couple of things are important to cover. I'll be talking about vision, goal setting, self-discipline, diligence. I'll be talking about resource management and taking responsibility. So today, let's step into what God has in mind for us to look at. The power of personal vision. When we talk of vision, we're not talking of physical sight. We're talking of that picture in your heart. That picture in your heart, you know, that is a state of your future that you drive towards. The way to understand vision is to think about a sat-nav. You know, if I want to go to, uh, if, uh, if I want to come to your house, I'm going to ask you first for what? Your address. That address from where I am is not where I am. That address is in another place where I am not. That address, that location of that address is the future, is the place I am going. It is how I want to move from where I am to where I need to be. So the address you have given me, you've given me your postcode, that address is the address of where I want to be. The, your vision is the postcode on the other side. Okay. So now I have a vision of where I want to go. I put that into my satellite navigation or Google Maps in these days and in this day and age. And how does Google Map work? Work. Google Maps, we go to that address first and come back to where I am and calculate the route, the distance, how long it's gonna take. Google Maps cannot calculate how long it's going to take unless it has gone to the end, the future first, and then come back. In order for you to get to where you want to go, where God has designed for you to go, you must understand one thing. You need to get to the end first before you come here. And then you begin to now walk towards it. Okay, let's do that again. You need to understand where you need to go first. You then come back here and then you walk towards where you need to go. That seems like a double journey. No. In your mind, you must see where you want to go first. After you've seen where you want to go in your mind first, you come back to the present reality of where you are. Without losing sight of where you want to go, in your mind, there's an image of where you want to go. You have that image imprinted in your mind very vividly, very sharp. Then you come to the present, carrying the blueprint of the future in the present. And then you start to walk towards it. So which means when you are walking towards the future, it is not abstract. It is clear to you, even though it is not physical. Now, because it's not physical does not mean it's not tangible. The fact that you cannot touch it and feel it doesn't make it less tangible than holding this mouse, for example. Okay, so if you go back to the ISA, ISA model, imagine the future. That is the vision. Speak about that vision. Act like the vision is true. Begin to walk towards it. That's it. Okay, so when we talk about the power of personal vision, we want to talk about how having a personal vision for your life will help you to not 
destroy your life. We help you to stay on, on track. We help you to make the right choices. We help you to fraternize with the right people. This message is especially good for young people. You know, when you're young, you have a lot of people around you. You know, people are asking you to do this and asking you to do that. It's important to know that when you have a great vision for your life, it will help you to make the right choices. So, vision is the state of the future. That imagination, that mental picture of the future that drives you forward. The same way the satnav takes us to a, a, a location B in the future, starting from where we are, but having mapped the location B first, coming here and taking us there. Same way your vision will be the compass for your life's work. It is what will give you fulfillment and make your life worth living. Vision is intricately linked with purpose. For you cannot live on purpose or live with purpose unless you have clarity about the vision that God has placed in your heart. God has placed a vision, a body, an assignment in the heart of everyone. This is the overarching compelling vision that God has ordained for you. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, in the Amplified Version, it says it's very beautiful. It says here, it's talking about God. He he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in his time. You hear people say this a lot. God has made all things beautiful in his own time. Yes, God has made everything beautiful and appropriate in his time. I want you to notice what he's saying. Before I continue, God has made everything beautiful and appropriate in his time, which means there is an appointed time for everything. And that appointed time for everything, God makes everything beautiful and appropriate for the time in which which that thing shows up. And you know what that means? Let me put that in a different context. Have you ever wondered why you did not show up here in the 18th century or the 17th century? Have you ever wondered why God allowed you to be born at the time when you were born? Did it, has it occurred to you that you were born in 1970 or 1975 or 1980 or, or year, even year, you know, 2016 or 2006 or year 2000 for a reason? You showed up at your appointed time. You did not show up in the 17th century or 18th century. You showed up in your appointed time. Which means the fact that you showed up in the season of life or in the um, timing of God for you to show up in the year, in the generation that you showed up means that there is a purpose for you in that generation. What this text is saying here is God makes everything, including you, beautiful first and appropriate in his timing. God makes everything, including you, beautiful. Number two, he makes you appropriate in your time. You came to this earth, you came to this world in the season of life that you are meant to come. So, your coming here is not a happenstance. Your coming here is not a mistake. God didn't create you a mistake. God didn't allow you to come here as a mistake, you came to this earth the time that you are meant to come. In the season of life that you are meant to come. Which means for you to show up in your season, in your generation, there is an assignment for you, my God. There's an assignment for you. Which means you are not a product of happenstance. You are not a product of happenstance. Neither are you a product of um, guesswork. God ensured that you came to the earth in the season in which you came. And according to this scripture, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, God has, God made you beautiful and made you appropriate for the time that he chose for you. Which means you came to earth fully loaded. You came to earth fully packaged. Which means everything you need to be who God has called you to be. 
everything you need to demonstrate the life of God, the, your gift to the world, everything that you need in your season has already been given to you. God never created anything without purpose, including you. God created you for a reason, for a purpose. You are not a mistake. You are not a happenstance. You are not in this country or whichever country you find yourself by mistake. There is a reason. There is a purpose for your life. You came to this world fully loaded. And your assignment that God has ordained for you in your own time is for you. And that is what you were trying to talk about today about the vision in your heart. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. The Bible here says, He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in this time. He has also planted eternity. That is a sense of divine purpose in the human heart. Ooh. Wow. God, not only apportioned and ordained for you to show up when you showed up, not only did God made you to come to the earth beautiful, loaded, gifted for the season of life which which you come into. Not only did God approve you and equip you for what he has called you to do, the Bible says there is a divine purpose in your heart. God has placed the divine purpose, the purpose for your existence, God placed in your heart. This tells us that you are not a mistake you are not somebody who is a product of human experimentation. The Bible here says, go back to that text, says God placed a sense of divine purpose in the human heart that is a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. And this tells us that therefore that your purpose in your life can only come to satisfaction when you understand what God as a day for you. Bible says there's a longing in your heart that cannot be satisfied except in God. Do you understand what he's saying here? He's saying you are here, you are brought here for a purpose. The manufacturer made you. God is a manufacturer who made you. He made you and he has a manual for your life. He said, This is what you should do, this is what you should do. And as you do those things, there's a longing in your heart. There's a desire in your heart that says, I am meant for more, I am meant to do more, I am meant to be more. What I'm saying to you here is this, that the purpose of personal vision is linked to your purpose that God has ordained and designed your heart. Over this month, I'm going to be showing you how you can find that purpose and how you can begin to walk in that purpose. No matter what age you are, no matter what age you are, you find a purpose, you walk in in purpose. Why? Because that vision, that God has placed in your heart, that divine purpose that God has placed in your heart will keep you from running into error. I'm not saying you're not going to get distracted. I'm saying it will keep you from running into error. Because once you know what God has called you to do, then you can follow it. At times, the devil might try to pull you here and there, but you keep reminding yourself, no, this is what I was called to do. And you focus on it. How does this make sense? Okay, the Bible here says, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. Sorry, give me a minute. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, the Bible here says, God has, God has made everything beautiful and appropriate in his time. He has planted eternity, a sense of purpose in the human heart. A longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. Which means, the only way for you to find out what God has done for you or what God has designed you to be is to go back to the question and ask God. It might not be today. It might not be maybe next week. I will go through how you can use the God factor to find out what you're created to do. I'm going to show you. Just, just run a simple experiment so you can find out. Okay. So, the compelling image in your heart that drives you forward is a vision that God has placed in your heart. So today, we're going to be looking at the life of Joseph to drive home this point, if time permits. And I'm going to use this slide to explain why personal vision is very important. Now, before we look at Joseph, let's look at Proverbs 29, verse 18. The Bible here says, where there is no vision, 
where there's no revelation of God and his word. The people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. In the KJV says, where there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Hallelujah. The Bible then says in Tipiti, when there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Hallelujah. The CEV says, where there is no vision, the people get out of control. You get out of control. But whoever obeys instruction is happy. Now, when you look at these texts, there are a couple of things that I've underlined. Number one, people are unrestrained. If you don't have a vision, a compelling reason for your life, why you are here, you are going to be unrestrained. You are going to get into frivolous activities. You're going to hang out with the wrong crew because you have no vision for your life. You are going to be unrestrained. The KJV says perish. Perish doesn't mean you are going to die. Perish essentially means that you are not going to fulfill your purpose. You are just going to uh, live and there's no impact. Another one is people wander astray. Have you ever wondered why some people just make a mess of their lives? Somebody is doing very well. All of a sudden, they start you know, getting into adultery, they start getting into fornication, and then they start having marital affairs, and before you know it, their whole life just messed up. Why is that? They lack vision. When you lack vision, you are going to wander astray. You are going to wander astray. And God says, you don't want to wander astray. Where there is no vision, a compelling reason why you are here, a reason why that drives you, something that wakes you up, the picture of the future that you seek, that is so big, so big in your heart, that you say, look, you know, my life is too big, it's too important to trade my future for a morsel of bread. You know, if you haven't gotten to that point, right, you are going to just disdain your future. You're going to essentially throw caution to the wind. You're going to be unrestrained. You're going to hang out with the wrong people because you want to belong. You know, God says no. Where there's no vision, people perish. People give up restraint. People go astray. How do you go astray? To go astray is to veer off the right path. To go astray means to go off. You are going like this now. You all of a sudden go. You go like this. You have lost touch with reality, with what God has called you to do, or with with the desire for your life. You've lost touch of that, and that's because you do not have personal vision. A personal vision is important. All of us need it. All of us need it. Listen. A person that lacks personal vision, we go get out of control, we wander astray, we perish, quote unquote, we live a life that is no restraint. This person has no qualms about, you know, cutting deals and cutting corners and living a reckless life. Person has no vision. A vision, as I mentioned earlier, is a mental picture of the result you want to achieve. A picture so clear and so strong, it will help to make that result real. So think about this. So you have a vision of what you want to achieve. It's so real in your heart. Because it's so real in your heart. As far as you're concerned, that vision has already happened. And, and the way to, to live a life that will, that will help to make your vision come alive. Think about it this way. Stick, stick with this example for a moment. Suppose you see yourself in the future to be the president of your country. You see yourself in the future. Today, maybe you are 15 years old or 20 years old, but the vision in your heart that we believe God has called you to do is to go into politics and become uh, an MP and become a leader. Somebody who is well-respected in the society, somebody who is adding value, impacting the world. Suppose you see that in your heart. Now, suppose you've seen that in your heart and you have gone into the future of that vision. You have gone to that vision. You have traveled with that vision to the future to see yourself in that state, in that space. Imagine the kind of people you are dining with, you are hanging out with. Imagine the kind of company you are keeping in that future. In that future. Imagine the access that you have in the world to world leaders. Imagine um, how you get treated, the level of respect that you get. Imagine that for a moment. Okay. So suppose you are in that world, you have gone to that future, you have lived in that future in your imagination because that's the only way you can live there because it's not real right now. It's in the future. 
you have gone there to live in that space. Suppose you have lived there. And you have experienced in your imagination what it feels like to live that life. You have experienced it. You have, you, have, you have gone in your mind's eye and experienced that. You have essentially what I call, you have entered into the movie of your life. The movie of the future. You have lived in that movie. You have enjoyed that movie. And now you brought that movie, the way you felt, the way you are feeling in that movie, the movie of your future. You brought it to now. In the present moment. Suppose you are able to do that. How do you think you will behave? If based on the way you are feeling. The experience you have enjoyed in that future. How do you think you are going to behave? If some random guys come and say. Hey let's go and rob the bank. Or let's go and smoke some pot. Or Let's go and, um, you know, jump off the bridge. What will be your response? I'm 100% sure. If you have experienced what I've just described now, your response will be, no, I can't do that. Why would you say that? Because there's a bigger vision that you have seen, that you have embraced, that you have, you have, you have embraced, you have, you have honed as it were. That is now determining your responses to life. How does this make sense? Because this, what I've just described, is exactly what God wants me to tell you about the power of personal vision. Because he's, he's saying, if you know what you were created to become, if you have an insight to the glory and honor that he has placed upon you, if you can experience that glory and honor now if you can go in your mind's eye and stay in the realm of the future that you have not yet seen but you have believed then it will dictate your behavior in the present it will shape the relationship you keep the words you speak over yourself the associations you keep the places that you go it will shape it because even though it has not manifested yet you have seen a preview of life's coming attraction. I think it was Albert Einstein that says, imagination is a preview of life's coming attraction. It hasn't happened yet, but you've seen it. You have expressed it in your mind's eye. And that is what personal vision does for you. A vision is not a vague wish. It's not a dream. It's not a hope. It's a picture of the real result of real effort. It comes from the future and informs and energizes the present, which is what I try to explain in the example I gave. That vision energizes the present. That vision informs the present. Okay, I hope you got that. Because over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about self-leadership, and it starts with a personal vision. Do you know the vision for your life? Do you have a vision for your life? Or do you just like one of those people that just anger with anybody you don't value yourself you just hang out with anybody talk behind people's back just do all some random stuff because what you don't value yourself you don't see yourself as royalty you don't know god has ordained you with so much love and grace and power therefore god says since you have been made in the image and likeness of god conduct yourself like that when you are going to work carry yourself like god himself is the one going to work when you are doing your job, do it with such excellence that it is God doing the work. Because what I'm saying here is that when we understand the vision, what God has called us to do, it changes the way we look at life. I'll give you an example. One time I had a dream. In that dream, I saw myself. I was driving a car. And there were a lot of people in the car, you know. All of a sudden, it seemed like something... something came from the sky and fell on the windscreen. I couldn't see properly. And then somebody was also trying to cover my eyes. And I heard in that dream. I know, in that dream, I kept saying, I can't see, I can't see, I can't see. And I heard these words. You cannot drive forward with a blood vision. If you do, a crash is imminent. Suppose in your house right now, there's no light. If there's no light, you've, you know that feeling, you're trying to find the the light switch, and you're groping in the dark. Your eyes are open, but you can't see. 
you're grooming for the dark. You are grooming that for the light switch. Now imagine when you put on the light switch, what happens? Everything brightens up, right? When you don't have vision, you are like that person who is groping in the dark, looking for the light switch. The vision that God is placing in your heart, your personal vision will serve as the light bulb that will lighten your world. You cannot drive forward. You cannot make progress with a blood vision. You have to be, you have to be clear on the vision that God has placed in your heart. So, why is personal vision important? A vision for your life will keep you grounded and ensure you mix with the right crowd. As mentioned that before, if you don't have a vision, you will cast caution to the wind. You throw caution to the wind. You say, it doesn't matter. Let's just do whatever we want. What does it matter anyway? You have no vision. If you think like that, a vision will keep you to stay away from distraction. See, I found that every distraction is engineered to delay you in the progress towards the actualization of your future. When you get distracted, when you allow yourself to be distracted, and this has happened to me. Don't, don't, I'm not a saint in that space. It's happened to me, right? But, but God keeps telling me, bring your eyes to the, keep, put your eyes on me. Put your eyes on me. See, in the age, in the, in the, in the era in which we live, it is almost impossible not to get distracted. You know, YouTube, social media, all these things, right? But you have to be conscientious about what you're trying to achieve. You have to make a decision to say, you know what? I'm not going to get distracted. How do you do that? Set a timer. Set a timer. A switch of time where you say, you know, I'm not going to watch anything. I'm I'm not going to do this and do that. I'm going to spend time to build my future. It's a decision. You see, once you decide something, that you want to do. Everything you need to make that thing happen starts to flow to you. So the first thing you must do is decide. Decide that this year you will follow your vision. You will find your vision. You will spend time with God to understand your vision and you will follow through. Because once you decide to say, you know what? This year, I'm not going to hang out with the wrong crowd. I'm not going to do stuff just to please anybody. I am going to find out the vision of my heart, and I'm going to go just to start to follow it. Once you make that decision, the resources to make that vision a reality start to flow to you. So, a vision keeps you focused on the end goal. If you are moving from here to there, like the example I gave earlier, you're moving from my house, I'm moving from my house to another postcode in that place. At least I need to know what that postcode look looks like. I need to know what there is. If I don't know what there is, how do I know when I get there? That is why you need a vision. The vision is a point there that you're going. And you, once it's clear and you know what it is, you can then walk towards it. So it's our responsibility to identify, acknowledge and honor what God has placed in our heart. And we must pursue what God has placed in our heart with passion and enthusiasm. So in conclusion, your vision is the why behind everything that you do. Your vision is the why behind everything that you do. Now, I don't think today we're going to be able to cover the life of Joseph. I will do that next week. Okay, but I want to tell you a couple of things why vision is important. Vision inspires action and keeps you away from destruction. I've mentioned that before. Now, one day, I had a dream. In that dream, no, maybe, actually, I don't think it was a dream. I think it was an impression in my heart that God was using to explain to me to not to get distracted. And in that impression, I saw this guy, Usain Bolt, you know. Usain Bolt was running a 100-meter race. At a point in time, he was the fastest man on the earth, right? According to them, right? So, and he's from, um, where is he from now? Uh, Mexico? I can't remember. Apologies. Anyway, but you, everybody knows who's in both. No, Jamaica. It's from Jamaica. Actually, it's from Jamaica. All right. So, and the guy moves very quickly like a bullet, right? But God says to me something. So, imagine this who's in both. If when his drive is, is running, as the gun goes up, boom! Three, two, one, boom! And the, bullet, and the gun goes off and it starts to run. If, as he's running, 
he keeps looking at people that are seated at the stands in the, uh, in the stadium. God says to me, do you think he's going to become number one? I want you to th- ask, think about that question yourself. Uzenbud is running. He's the one that possibly a lot of people have come to see him perform. They are there to cheer him up. But do you know, they are cheering him up can also slow him down if he allows himself to start to focus on them. Focus on those who are cheering him on. Oh, are they clapping? Are they not clapping? Are they okay? Are they not okay? Are they looking at me well? Are they not looking at me well? If you start to ask those questions and keep checking and keep checking and keep checking, he's running, he's running, but he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. Do you think he's going to get there? It's not going to be number one. So, the reason why you don't want to, you want to stay away from distraction is to have such a compelling personal vision that is so compelling, so strong in your heart that you will not get sidetracked by anybody. You will not get sidetracked by, oh, this is what's happening tomorrow, you're on there. This is what's happening tomorrow, you're on there. No, God says no. Let your vision, what you have been called to do, be so strong in your heart that you don't get distracted. By the way, I'm preaching to myself, you know, that you don't get distracted. You know, you stay focused on what you have been called to do. No matter what happens, just stay, stay, stay the course. Stay the course. Because you will have many occasions to give up on your vision. You have many occasions to want to throw in the towel and say, I don't want to do it again. But that vision will never let you go. The way you know your vision is that that thought in your heart that just never goes away. Just doesn't go away. The, the picture you see in your heart of what, you, what your future looks like, what you can become, that just never goes away. That's a vision in your heart that God placed that. Remember, God placed eternity, a divine purpose in the heart of every one of us. You are not here by mistake. You are not here without a purpose. Praise God. Number two, why vision is important? Your vision must be clear. It must be so sharp and detailed that you can see, smell, and taste the smallest details. All right? Now, how do you do that? Again, imagination. Once you have an idea about what God has called you to do or what God is leading you to do or what you believe you are placed on earth to do, spend time to cultivate the imagination. You know, when we were younger, for young people, I praise you that you are listening to this. You know, but for, for an older guy, you know, when, if you recall when we were younger, we had a lot of dreams. We, had, we can travel to the moon. We can do stuff. But as you grow older, they say, you, be real, be real. By saying be real, be real, they killed our dreams. All right. But young people, you know, today, wherever you are, you have those dreams that you've written down on those notebooks, the thing you want to become, those things that drives you, that keeps you awake at night, the vision you saw before, before they start telling you it's not possible. I'm asking you go back to the book, bring it up and dust it up and say, this is what I was called to do. You see, the innocence of youth before, before life happens to you, it's beautiful because at that point in time you you don't you don't even know what it means that nothing is important nothing is not this is not possible this is possible you don't know about that right you 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 stay in this fantasy land as it were right you know where you are dreaming about what your life could be but do you know that those dreams those things you are seeing in your heart that talks about what you could become in the future do you know that those things were placed in your heart by God and I don't want you to disdain to say oh what is that it's not important no let your vision be so clear that you can see, smell, and taste the smaller details. Go into that dream world again and dream again. You can dream again. You can dream again. Hallelujah. You can dream again. Let me see how many minutes I got. You can dream again. Hallelujah. Okay, so I think I will stop here today. I've got a couple of things that I want to say about why vision is important. I will pick them up next week. right? And the next week, we're also going to look at the life of Joseph, you know, if I'm able to get there. But I don't want to rush this this uh, um, this topic because it's important you know and as a point i'm going to get to the point how you can know your vision how you can know your vision and when you know your vision and you revisit it all the time it will keep you on the narrow path as i i'll tell you a story when i was in uni in, in my year one there were some prophetic words that came to me in year one when i was in uni at this point, I'm not at liberty to say it, but some crazy word that came to me when I was in uni. And this word came to me when I was in year one in uni. But you know that some of those words that were spoken to me did not get fulfilled 
until possibly after uni uh, when they serve possibly nine years later some of them didn't, 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 didn't come to fruition until after nine years so what does that mean? It means at times God gives you a vision. Not even at times. A lot of times God gives you a vision, a picture of the future. It takes a bit of time to get there. It takes a bit of time for that picture to, to come to fruition. But while you are waiting for it to come to fruition, what do you do? You remind yourself all the time. God has said this is coming to me. God has said this is coming to me. I've seen this vision. I've seen this vision. It's going to come, it's, it's going to, come to light in his, in his due time. Father, I thank you for it. So when when I was going through life before some of the, my visions, some of the vision that God, the prophetic vision that God has given me, decided to come to pass, I spent time just reminding myself, God has said it, it's going to come to pass. There are some things that God sh- shared with me 13 years ago, just before I gave back to my child, my first child, that hasn't happened yet, right? But I remind myself, God has shown me this, God has shown me this, it's going to happen. And when I share the story of Joseph with you next week. You see, it's a pattern that, you know, God gives you a vision, but it takes a bit of time for that vision to come to fruition. And that's why the ISA method is important. You imagine that future. You imagine that future as if it has already happened. You bring that feeling to this place, right? You begin to speak in present tense about that future because you are the more you speak about it, the, the bigger it becomes. The more you speak about it, the bigger it becomes. The more you speak about it, the more real it is to you. Alright? And then after that, you begin to act. Begin to act like it is true. That's the method that you need to use to bring your vision alive. Alright? So, I'll be talking about the condition of this next week. But I'm going to be looking at the life of Joseph by the grace of God. Alright? Hallelujah. So, before you go, I also want to say to you, please, 3.30pm today, we have communion service. It's going to be straight point, one hour. 30 to 4 30 uk time if you can make it again please join us okay the lord bless you the lord keep you the lord causes countenance to shine upon you the lord's peace the lord's shalom is with you in the name of jesus christ in the year that the lord has called the year of stability and prosperity i declare over your life that all things are working together for your good in the name of jesus father we just want to thank you for the gift of life Thank you for the ability and the opportunity to be able to share your word with your people. Thank you, oh my God, as your people live here today. Lord, they will be transformed. They will be transformed in their mind. That somebody will have an, a hunger to go back to the drawing board and ask questions from you around the purpose, the vision for the future. That somebody will take an action today by what they have heard in the name of Jesus Christ to separate themselves, Father, from the wrong companies in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Almighty God, that your children are going to live the life that you have called them to be to, to in Jesus' name. I thank you, Almighty God, that you have set eternity in our heart. Thank you, Almighty God, that you have set the divine purpose in our heart for us to fulfill. And I thank you that you are giving us the equipment, the tools, the necessary way with us to be able to follow through on this vision in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says you are the one who works in us to will and to do for your own good pleasure. Father, therefore, we thank you. We surrender ourselves to your hands and we thank you, Almighty God, that right now you are doing a work in us to help us, Lord, to embrace that which you have called us to do in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for the young ones, Almighty God, even this morning, that, oh God, you will begin to impact their heart just like you did joseph just like you did david from a young age to know what you've called them to do what you have asked them what you called them to do they they don't have to be pastors they can you know they can be inventors they can be scientists they do great things for you but i pray that these ones will find their path in the name of jesus christ thank you all for leading them for helping them for encouraging them lord we give you praise and we thank you in jesus name we pray amen amen praise god forevermore all right let us round up as we share the the grace and fellowship father we just want to thank you for the gift of life we thank you for what you are going to do and we declare by faith that the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the sweet fellowship of the holy spirit abide with us now and forevermore amen surely god's goodness and his mercies follow us all the days of our lives and we dwell in the presence of the lord forever and ever amen hallelujah i'll speak to you next week you're blessed thank you for your time and for spending part of your weekend with us both our first timers and our members we have a weekly bible hangout on wednesday by 6 p.m uk time 
Saturday morning prayers by 6 a.m. UK time and a Sunday service by 8 a.m. UK time. The replay of today's sermon would premiere on YouTube by 10 a.m. UK time. You can also listen to all our other sermons on our YouTube page. When we give, we honor God. For love offering, you can give via PayPal by scanning the QR code on the screen or by making a bank transfer using the details 0564-1897, sort code 087199, cash plus bank. These details is also displayed on the screen. Every first Wednesday of the month, we hold our Practicality of Grace program, which features discussions with guests. Here, your doubts are cleared to be free from the bondage of religion. What questions do you need answers to? You can send them to the live chat on the website at www.thelighthouse.org or you can send an email to lights at thelighthouse.org. Would you like us to pray with you? Kindly click on the link that pops up in the live chat and fill the form or you can visit our website at www.thelighthouse.org and fill the request form. Do you know you can now have a private session with Pastor Davis on Calendly? Visit the link on the website or in the discussion box and follow the instructions to book a session. Stay connected with us on our social media platforms. Kindly follow and engage with us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter with the usernames displayed on the screen. As you go this week, remember the Lord has given you stability and prosperity. Until next time, remain in your identity in Christ.